FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 188 of the podcast that goes snicked. It's a bonus flashback episode um, that I wasn't intending on doing. Just kind of happened that I, I need an episode so I can keep giving you guys some content. <laughs> now, between my um, work and travel schedule the last month or so, you know, trying to schedule with other people and then having a severe sinus whatever that I'm still kind of dealing with, so hopefully I don't sound too terrible. Just haven't really been able to get to the episodes that I've wanted to get to in a timely fashion. But something happened, and we're going to backtrack a little bit. Before I say what we're going to talk about, um, well, actually, not much before, because I'm about to say it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so at the um, hearty recommendations of both Dan at the Intercomics podcast, hi, Dan, and John Wilson, and of course, you've heard here, you've heard both of them recently. Dan's been contributing thoughts to the uh all-new Wolverine series, and John, of course, was just a couple episodes on ago on with uh, Marvel Comics Presents. And um, anyway, they both have not really necessarily spoken to me directly about it, but just in various platforms have um, praised the old Excalibur series. I've never really been interested in it before, not because... I thought it was dumb or anything like that. I just, when I was collecting, it was kind of already to a certain point and was not really interacting on any visible level with the other X-Books. And so it was easy to just kind of ignore. Now, since I've been doing my reread, you know, doing the flashback episodes, like seeing, you know, I don't know, because I'd read like Fall of the Mutants, the Mutant Massacre and all that stuff before. And for whatever reason, I just didn't, it was like, okay, well, Kitty and Nightcrawler got left over here, and you know, I know they come back, so we'll just, we'll just wait. <laughs> but for whatever reason, in this reread, I was really interested to see, because I knew, like, yeah, that's, that must be why Excalibur happens, because they're over here, stranded in, you know, Muir Isle, and the X-Men die, apparently, to all, all viewers, um, as far as everyone's concerned, they're dead, and, um, you know, it, it makes sense that that's the, that's the root, that's the foundation of Excalibur. But for, for whatever reason, this time doing my reread, I really wanted to kind of check it out. And so based on, also on Don, Don, I just combined your names, <laughs> you guys, uh, Dan and John, you know, kind of their comments, recent comments and posts and whatever about the book, um, just really got me interested in trying to find it. And so I found... And it's the same thing that kind of happened with Alpha Flight. And I think there's going to be some some pretty solid comparisons between the two um, as far as it's starting off really good with the, the original creators and their intent. And then, you know, I'm wondering, because Alpha Flight kind of goes downhill pretty quickly. Well, no, it takes a little while. But after Burn leaves the book, it definitely is not quite the same. And I'm wondering if that's going to be my same experience with Excalibur after Claremont and Davis are both gone, and they they leave at different times. But after they're both gone, will I still enjoy the book? But anyway, that's not really the point right now. The point right now is, 
uh, I started looking for Excalibur comics, and I found a nice huge lot on eBay, really cheap, including the the debut kind of. I guess it's technically called the special edition, though it doesn't say that on the comic anywhere. And when they had, oh yeah, it does on the inside. Sorry, it does say that. Okay, so the Excalibur special edition and the first fifty issues, I was able to find all that for like twenty six dollars plus shipping. Pretty awesome, I thought. That's like 50 cents a pop. Now, granted, these are not necessarily high-in-demand books, but to be able to find like that strong of a collection, like in order, and most of the books in pretty good shape, uh, I jumped on it, and so I just started reading it. And Wolverine is not really in this special edition issue per se, so you're like, well, why the hell are you talking about it? But there is a fake Wolverine, and... There's some pictures of Wolverine. <laughs> it's my little cheat. And honestly, I just kind of really wanted to say a couple of things about the book because I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, to very, various levels of various aspects, aspects of the book. But um, overall, had a good time reading about it. And I just kind of wanted to throw something out. And plus, I need an episode. So this is going to be a very short episode, a very, a very uh, b- b- bonus episode, uh, Flashback Excalibur. This is The Sword is Drawn, written by Chris Claremont, of course, with pencils by Alan Davis. Paul Neary does the inks, which is with a special thanks to Mark Farmer for assistance, it says. The letterer is Tom Orjakowski, and the colorist is Glennis Oliver. Now, on the cover by Davis and Neary, we have just a big fight scene, and it looks pretty cool. We have, of course, the expected members of Excalibur, Nightcrawler, Rachel, Kitty, Megan, Captain Britain, and some other aliens. And they're fighting the War Wolves, which were it recently kind of brought back in Claremont's um, solo Nightcrawler series not too long ago, a couple years ago, I guess. Or maybe even a little less. Um, now it's like, oh, what are these things? You may remember me making that comment. Well, now I'm going to find out what they are. Um, but on the cover, this original version of them, Kind of reminds me of like if the uh, the demon dog from Ghostbusters, you know, like the stop animation one, if it like put on a Seattle Seahawks football helmet and like the helmet like took it over and like made it like this shiny metal dog with like an eagle head. And it's kind of what, I don't know, that's probably a weird way to think about it, but that's what I think of when I see that. I literally think of the, the demon dog, like finding the helmet, putting it on, and the helmet's like magic, you know. Back when, um, oh, who was their old, I can't remember. Trying to remember who the Seattle Seahawks quarterback was during, uh, Super Tecmo Bowl years. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, puts on the helmet, the the magic helmet takes over the dog and turns it into these war wolves. So that's my little, uh, uh, fake backstory that's not real. Um, anyway, there's a big melee on the front. My favorite part is there's one alien punching another alien, but she's trying to punch Kitty, but she punches through Kitty and hits the other alien in the face, and Kitty's just laughing. That's probably my favorite part of the cover. It's a pretty nice cover. A uh, nice logo. We have Excalibur with a sword, a big sword right through the background with the E kind of making the hilt. So it's like a horizontal sword running through the words. But then the X is also like two swords crossed. So really playing on that King Arthur theme, which we'll get to that as we get through this. But, um, yeah, just real quick. We kind of want to get some basic general thoughts. Kitty is having a nightmare. If you want to point out, because I'll bring this up at the end, that 
in Kitty's room on Muir Island are the Watson Future King posters. So there's some kind of King Arthur, Arthur stuff already there. King Arthur, the best author ever. No, King Arthur. There's an R there. Um, anyway, so she's having a nightmare. And this nightmare, she is pushed out on a movie studio set. And my favorite part about this, all the, X, all the X-Men are, actually I have several favorite parts, but all the X-Men are there getting ready to, to make a movie. And Professor X is a director. Uh, Havoc is an understudy, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And then Wolverine is reading some uh, Japanese flower arranging books and uh, getting his, a manicure, which I thought the only thing they maybe could have done different is that his claws manicured, but um, it's still pretty funny. Anyway, so Kitty finds out it's not really the X-Men. They're just actors. But then Professor X yells action and turns into the characters she knows. And then Rachel shows up. And then the director, Professor X, says Rachel can't be there. So the X-Men attack her. And they try to pull her apart. But she escapes. And Kitty's like, well, this isn't right. You can't fight Rachel. And then turns out all the X-Men are really war wolves. And the way they show that, like the skin opening up and the war wolves with their beaks coming out of all the X-Men's mouth is, is awesome. It's, it's kind of grotesque, but it's kind of amazing looking. And the kind of they shed the skin of the X-Men by coming through their mouths and attacking Kitty. And of course, at this point, she wakes up. But she sees like a phoenix fire. I think she calls it the phoenix effect in the sunrise. And she's like, whoa, that was a weird dream. And of course, she's bummed because she has to concentrate really hard to stay solid. And she tries to pet Lockheed, but puts her hand right through him. Um, then she looks at some pictures, a photograph of the X-Men when she joined the team. Of course, Wolverine's included. And then her and Professor X, and she mourns their death. Right? All right. Then we're introduced to Megan, um, swimming with the dolphins. Comes in the apartment, sees a bunch of stuff about Betsy. Another picture of the X-Men, the current lineup, uh, with Wolverine also included. And she sees on the news about the reports about the X-Men's death. And, of course, included, you know, it's the English news. So they, they specify about Psylocke, or Betsy Braddock, because she's English. So she's one of their own. And she finds uh, Captain Britain basically drinking himself into oblivion. And he gets mad at her, tells her to leave. She runs off and cries. Then she decides she's going to go find Kenny Pride. And she says it's so blessed hard to put speaky words on paper. So she draws a picture of the lighthouse where they are. And a little arrow, Megan Go, to a little X house with a kitty. Like Kitty Pride. Get it? Yeah, it's kind of cute. Um, anyway, so we, we go over to Muir Island, and Nightcrawler's in the danger room fighting a bunch of, uh, robot musketeers. He's fencing with them, and they get the best of him. Kitty yells at him for putting himself in such danger before he's fully recovered. They both, you know, lament that the X-Men are dead. And then someone knocks on the door, and it's a big alien girl with a pet lizard, and she's pretty strange-looking. Alan Davis does really cool, strange-looking aliens. And there's Oral Luna Saturnine Omniversal, Maj- Omniversal Majestrix. And then she needs their help to find Rachel. And they're like, no, we're not going to help hunt down our friend. So then all her little alien warriors show up. They're going to attack uh, Kitty and Nightcrawler. Then Megan shows up. And they start to fight. And then this uh, body, body bag guy is a big kind of insect-looking dude. Um... He slimes people and then swallows them and, and, and go out in a bubble on his back. It's kind of gross, but again, Alan Davis does really good with it. 
Then we see uh, Rachel for real falling through the sky. Now, remember the last time we saw her was during the Lady Deathstrike story, and she ran off to be, uh, to go, or not, was it that one? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. I don't remember. Anyway, one, one of those stories. She ran off to join ye old body shoppy. Uh, that's the last time we saw her. So now we find out, you know, of course, that was connected to Spiral, and Spiral is connected to Mojo. And so we find out that the Rachel was kind of abducted by Mojo and turned into a star, a starlet. So she lands in a big cake with a bunch of monsters, one of whom looks like uh, if Mephisto and Scarlet Witch had a baby. And then more classical monsters. We have werewolves, a Mad Hatter, Frankenstein, a giant fat rat with a chainsaw. It's a great panel. And they start to attack her, and then the werewolves fly out of the sky. We have a clown. Um, I guess that's Pennywise, maybe? Or the, the clown from It? Uh, we have, like, an Inquisitor. We have Rocky. <laughs> Everyone you need. There's a fat Thor. It's great. But the the war wolf show up, and but Phoenix is able to escape, and she escapes into real time London, uh, no longer in Mojoverse. But the war wolves follow her. Uh, she goes into the subway. Lots of stuff happens. The aliens hear it. Uh, we see Nightcrawler after the fight. You know he lost his friends. He tracks down Captain Britain because Megan said something about him. Finds him drunk. Throws him in the water. Says so either resuscitate and be the hero he needs to be or he'll drown. I don't care. So of course Captain Britain's pissed when Nightcrawler's making coffee and or tea. He gives Captain Britain the what for and convinces him that you know he's got to help track down their friends. So then we see Rachel in London and she sees the once and future king books Knights of the Round Table Camelot 3000 Edward in the Stone and there's like an actual like I guess a collectible of Excalibur, and the stone, stu- or the sword stuck in the stone. But body bag tracks her down and tries to uh, to swallow her, and he does. But then the werewolves show up again, so all the other aliens are there. They're fighting the werewolves. Then Nightcrawler, in an awesome panel of him like hiding on the roof or by the roof in a shadow, kind of going down a drain pipe. It looks amazing. Um, he joins the fray. Uh, he kind of tricks the werewolves into slashing the uh, the gross egg sacs or whatever on the back of body bag, setting his friends free. And of course, they're groggy because they've been inside these uh, sacks. Captain Britain shows up, joins the fight. Uh, there's, there's, you know, all these cool little alien things. There's a, there's a big baby joy boy, a big floating baby. He makes Kitty, like, hilariously fat. Um, it looks like, actually looks a lot like when, um, What's the movie where Ryan Reynolds? Oh, uh, Friend Zone or Just Friends? It's about being in the Friend Zone, but I forget what it's called. Um, anyway, it looks a lot like that. It looks like Kitty in a fat suit. Probably not the most sensitive joke to make now, but in the 80s. Anyway, there's some also really cool stuff where Megan gets hit by this thing called Waxworks and like her bone, like she turns into like this rubbery creature and can't stand upright. There's a really cool coloring page by Oliver where, um, Scatterbrain hits Captain Britain. He sees like a bunch of lights. Uh, anyway, this is really cool stuff in this fights. The X-Men decide to start working as a team. They're able to kind of defeat everybody, send the werewolves packing. Rachel again looks at the, the Excalibur sword in the fantasy shop. And she hugs Nightcrawler and Kitty. She laments having run off. They go back to the the light tower, or no... Yeah, well, it just says somewhere atop the Scots Highlands. And they're having a campfire and a good old time. And 
Rachel decides that, like, we need to stay together. Like, because Captain Britain and Megan are like, all right, well, see you guys later. But she's like, no, we have to, like, we should continue to fight for the Professor X's dream. And she makes a nice speech. It's really pretty cool. And uh, they decide to come together and form Excalibur. So, the art by Alan Davis is really great. And one thing I really noticed in this book, and I think I put this on, on Twitter before I decided to record the episode, so I, I gave it away. But I want to call back to it because I think it's worth mentioning. Um, you know, one of the things I said about this book, reading this book, one thing you don't get to see as much that Alan Davis is brilliant at, and, and modern writers working with Alan Davis need to remember this and use it. Because, you know, the most recent issues he's done of Totally Awesome Hulk have been pretty emotional and powerful, and that's cool too. But you don't want to forget his one of his strengths. And one of his biggest strengths that I found in this book is drawing cartoonish physical comedy. It's actually like funny and in a way that only Alan Davis can do it. And other people can do similar things as well. But there's just something special about the way Davis draws comedic moments in his particular style that just looks really good. And, you know, we certainly didn't get to see that when he did the Wolverine series. Um his work there didn't really call for that. And I haven't seen this in a while. I do remember seeing some of this when he was doing his early Batman work. I think, oh, actually, I guess that was on, it was Batman, but it was on Detective Comics before he jumped over to Marvel. Um, you got to see a little bit of that because one of his uh, kind of sto- big stories there was a Joker story. So you got to see some funny stuff as well. Um, but he's really, really good at drawing like strange things, like all these aliens in this book. And then also funny stuff. And, you know, to Claremont, this book is genuinely humorous. Like, it's funny. Like, there's, there's, I don't know. It just has a nice pace to it. It's still Claremont, so it's still pretty wordy. And especially, you know, coming in at, it's almost, it's like, it's 48 pages, no ads. And, you know, Claremont definitely gets his words in. But there's a really nice pacing to it and a really nice energy. It's a really fun book. And also... Not that I would expect anything less from Claremont, but the beginnings of Excalibur are very organic and come just really naturally birthed out of what's going on in Uncanny X-Men. And they do mention um, a past, you know, with, with Captain Britain and Megan and, of course, Psylocke on, when she was in the Captain Britain magazine, none of which I've read um, John Wilson also heartily recommends that, and maybe he can uh, help fill in some gaps, but I didn't really feel like I needed that. I could probably be nice to, to go back if I ever find some, you know, I might pick some up and read some of that, but it didn't feel necessary. I feel like I was able to jump in on this story where Captain Britain was and Megan, and I knew, okay, they had a past, Megan's kind of in love with him, maybe he is or isn't in love with her. You know, and there's a pain point, obviously, with Psylocke, especially now that they think she's dead. And that's really all you needed to know coming into this chapter. So that part worked really well. Um, so, yeah, art, writing, everything's really good. I will say, you know, is Oliver still does a great job with the colors. This is definitely kind of the, you know, Marvel and their prestige books use a different kind of coloring process than what Oliver is doing in Uncanny at the time. Um, it's very kind of painterly looking, kind of that original, I won't say original, but the, the f- very, very first kind of tries at digital coloring, um, 
But this looks better than a lot of stuff did at the time. And it looks really good. The colors are really fantastic. They really pop. It gives the whole book kind of a, almost like a watercolory, but more deep, richer than that. But definitely kind of a painterly feel to it. It looks, it's a really just outstanding book visually. Um, and it was a lot of fun to read. And I'm going to give it Scalber Special Edition, uh, which had Wolverine pictures in it and a fake Wolverine that was really a werewolf. So it's worth worth mentioning for just a very brief episode, which is this will be. Um, I'm going to give it five out of six claws. I really enjoyed it a lot. And looking forward to digging into the series and seeing how long... That enjoyment goes. Like I said, with Alpha Flight, it kind of goes to a point, and then it starts turning into the book that I remembered, <laughs> not liking. <laughs> and so, but I don't really necessarily have that memory of Excalibur. Like I said, I didn't really think it was dumb or anything, or I didn't intentionally avoid it. It just never was anything that I felt like I needed to buy, you know, growing up. So I'm interested to see kind of how long it stays this fun. But I really enjoyed the special edition, uh, five out of six claws. And that is our b- 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 bonus flashback episode over Excalibur. Um, I really hope to get well, get my voice sounding back to normal. Not this kind of raspy, sexy voice I have going on right now. Hey, baby. What you doing? Um, but anyway, hope to get that back. And I'm officially done traveling for a while. I uh, have some more coming up later in the year, but um, at least for the summer, I'm home. So I'm hoping to kind of get back on regular schedule with some episodes. I still really, really want uh, Wolverine number one of uh, the ongoing series to be our anniversary show. And we'll do everything I can to make that happen on schedule. Um, but yeah, so whatever happens next, I, ho- I hope it'll be to your liking. Hope this was to your liking. Hope you enjoyed it. Not really a Wolverine appearance per se, but close enough. And like I said, I just wanted to talk about it and I needed to put something out. So there you go. Um, as always, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Email us Snickcast at yahoo.com. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. I can feel, you know, a lot of times I can't hear it until I edit. I can hear it now, like how membrane my voice sounds. So I will, I will call it right here and spare you any further degradation of my voice. Um, So until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye. And snacked.